Here's our food for thought today. Ask for help not because you are weak, but because you want to remain strong. Hi fellow listeners of IPS, welcome to Work in Progress. This is a podcast where we talk about mental wellness with IPS. I'm your host, Lan Yin, and today, in line with our theme on self-management, we will be exploring the world of counselling. I'm sure many of you are aware that one of the core services provided by IPS is counselling. But you may be wondering, what exactly is counselling? Well, counselling is a collaborative process between a counsellor and his or her counsellee, and it helps clients to firstly, see the bigger picture, secondly, review their coping strategies, and thirdly, to empower themselves to make choices for change. In short, counsellors, we are here to help you to help yourself. Many clients have feedback that counselling has helped facilitate their personal growth, development, and self-understanding. Our aim here at IPS is to empower you to return to normalcy and learn skills to deal with future problems. Despite the common understanding that counselling is a beneficial service, many of us are resistant towards the idea of counselling. Why is that so? The high level of unwillingness to seek help can be attributed to various types of stigma. Firstly, public stigma against individuals with mental illnesses and those who seek help. Although public sentiments about mental health have shifted, some still perceive those who seek help as weak, less competent, or even crazy. Secondly, self-stigma. This refers to an internal form of stigma where we believe it is unacceptable of us to seek help because of having a mental health concern. Seeking help generally threatens our sense of self-worth and confidence. Studies also show that self-stigma may arise from cultural norms. Our society often expects everyone to be independent and self-sufficient. This then results in a sense of failure when we feel that we need help, making the act of seeking help extremely difficult for us. Remember our food for thought? We are here to tell you that seeking help is not a sign of weakness, but rather a process to make you stronger. After this short introduction on counselling, let's now dive into our segment on myth busters. We have compiled some of the common myths, and today we will be unravelling some of them. Myth 1. When we seek help, everyone, including my colleagues, will know I'm seeing a counsellor. No, that is not true. Counsellors at IPS are bound by professional ethics to ensure confidentiality during sessions. However, do note that there are three exceptions where confidentiality will be broken. These include, firstly, when you plan to harm yourself by suicide. Secondly, when you plan to harm others. Or thirdly, when you plan to harm the organisation or nation. Myth 2. Counsellors will help to fix all my problems, give me answers and change who I am forever. Unfortunately, counselling cannot serve as a quick fix or cure all your problems overnight, and you will have to be in control of the changes you make. Our role as counsellors is to help you reflect and explore your feelings, thoughts, concerns, examine your options, and assist you in achieving the goals you set. Again, the main purpose of counselling aims to help you to help yourself. Myth 3. Going for counselling sessions means I'm weak, flawed, or even crazy. This is definitely not true. Stressors and difficulties are part of life for everyone, and all of us go through periods of ups and downs. 
and we, including us as psychologists, all need support once in a while and it is perfectly normal as this is what makes us human. Myth 4. Counselors do not know me and thus cannot help me. That makes sense, but what about we try looking at this from an alternative perspective? Since the counselors do not know you, they can be more impartial and objective. Oftentimes, while family and friends offer you an abundance of advice on what you should do, their viewpoints may be biased based on what they think is best for you. Counseling involves a unique relationship where you are encouraged to find the answers that are suitable for your life and empowers you to make those decisions yourself. To be completely honest, I used to hold these misconceptions too and had suffered greatly as I tend to keep things to myself. During the time when I lost my dad nine years ago, I kept mostly to myself and cooped myself up at home a lot. My family has always been the traditional type where we will avoid talking about feelings because we didn't know how to deal with them. I was still able to study and was able to go to school, but I will avoid interacting with others because I didn't feel like it. Whenever I do talk about my dad to my family or friends, I'll cry a river and would feel really bad for at least the next few days. Over time, I realized that the grieving process was taking longer than I had expected and it was eating me up inside whenever I feel lonely and would end up crying to myself for the most part. Thankfully, I made a friend who was trained in clinical psychology and he was able to help me slowly inch forward from the grieving process as he encouraged me to share my story. We would spend hours at a coffee house or ice cream shop and no matter how badly I cried in front of him, he was totally unfazed. It was as though he fully accepted and understood what those tears and snot meant and did not panic or ask me to stop crying whenever I shed those tears. The many hours that we talked was perhaps the most memorable to me as I shared a piece of my most vulnerable self to someone I barely knew and that made me feel relief as soon as I understood that this process applies to many others and I'm not experiencing this thing called grief alone. Talking to others may not always solve the problem and certainly in my case can't bring my father back. But entrusting that vulnerable side of you to someone who knows how to handle it really does bring comfort and peace within me. It helped me to understand that things are eventually going to be okay and I can slowly move on with life. Does this mean I don't miss my dad anymore? That's impossible. On days where I start to miss my dad, I chose to remember the good things of him and share them through my social media posts. It helps to remind me of the good things of him and also to share what I learned from him to others on my social media. To date, I still remember and keep in contact with my good friend all the way in the States and have always been extremely grateful for the patience and concern I received from him. I hope what I had just shared managed to clear some of the misconceptions you may have held about counselling. Moving on to our next part, how do you tell if you or your peer needs help? We'll be sharing six signs which may indicate that someone may require additional support. Firstly, the person is experiencing difficulty in regulating his or her emotions. Here, we should note that anger or irritability can also be symptoms of someone who is depressed. Unfortunately, depression is often missed because one's short temper or irritability can be wrongly assumed as a personality trait of theirs. Anger in depression often reflects the negative feelings about oneself or the world, frustration, or a poorly regulated response to stress. Other signs of depression include being sad, empty, disinterested, feeling worthless, 
increased isolation, feeling bleak about the future and wishing they weren't alive. Secondly, the person is not performing as effectively at work. Mental health issues can impair attention, concentration, memory, energy, and result in losing interest in things they used to enjoy. This could sap the enjoyment and drive to work, thus leading to a lowered interest, more errors, and subpar work productivity. Thirdly, the individual is experiencing drastic changes or disruptions in sleep or appetite. They are either sleeping or eating too much or too little, and the changes are significantly different from their previous sleeping or eating habits. Fourth, the person struggles with building and maintaining relationships. Some individuals may generally struggle with socializing, or the person may start to withdraw from their social circles and avoid interacting with others. Fifth, the person's physical health has taken a hit. Psychological issues tend to negatively affect the central nervous system, which in turn has an impact on all other health systems like the heart and immune system. Some common physical symptoms could be frequent migraines, extreme fatigue, or even burnout. Lastly, the person no longer enjoys activities he or she typically did. You may observe that a colleague who used to get all excited over lunchtime now simply doesn't have an appetite even in front of his or her favourite food. If there are matches to most of the six signs I have shared, one of these four scenarios may apply to you or your peer. Firstly, you or your peer might be facing uncertainty about your situation or feeling stuck. You may want to improve yourself or make changes but don't know where to start. Counselors can help you better understand your part in a situation and what you can do differently. We can help you better understand alternative points of view so that you are more aware of your impact on others. Counselors may even help to point out a person's negative thought patterns so that positive ones can be initiated to a good change. Seeking professional support will help one to self-regulate their behaviour and learn more adaptive ways to manage stress through active problem-solving, adaptive coping strategies, and relaxation techniques. With regards to building and maintaining relationships, counsellors can help clients improve their social skills through tools like understanding various communication styles and how to be respectfully assertive. Secondly, you or your peer may be experiencing mental health concerns. For those who may be suffering from depression, anxiety, or other mental health conditions, Approaching a counsellor will allow you to better understand your condition and to come up with appropriate interventions together to manage the condition and work towards positive recovery. Thirdly, you or your peer may be experiencing trauma. For clients with an experience of trauma, counselling will allow them to explore these painful memories with someone who is experienced in hearing about these issues in a confidential space that is free of judgement. Counselors will help the person develop new ways of thinking about the traumatic event, learn techniques for breaking the associations, and loosen the hold that trauma has over them and their lives. Lastly, you or your peer may be experiencing grief. For those in the midst of grieving, be it the loss of a loved one, relationship, or something you hold dearly to, counseling can help someone who's grieving by providing a safe, compassionate place to process the loss and all the distressing emotions that go along with it, and to find ways to better manage the distress. There are situations that can turn very bad when one persistently refuses to seek help, especially those with underlying mental health conditions like depression or bipolar disorder that they are unaware of. 
Studies have proven that those who do not seek help experience worsening of mental health issues, chronic physical health problems, poor ability to continue working, and high tendencies of suicide. So if you observe a match to most of the previously mentioned signs taking root in yourself or those around you, be sure to seek help or encourage others to do so and know that we are all here to support you. According to your comfort level and preference, you could check out our internal resources from our Telegram chat or reach out to IPS. Alternatively, you can tap onto community resources such as various family service centres closest to your home, the Counselling and Care Centre, you can call them at 6536-6366, the Institute of Mental Health, you can call them at 6389-2222, or Samaritans of Singapore at 1-800-221-4444. We hope that through this episode, you realise that we have times when we need to grab onto an additional helpline and that seeking help is completely normal and can be beneficial for you. The least you could do for yourself is to find a healthy coping mechanism when you're down, be it sharing your problems with your family or exercising. Most importantly, just like how you would quickly put a band-aid over your wound when you're hurt, Please also administer psychological first aid by seeking help whenever you need to. Experiencing psychological pain is as good as suffering from diabetes or a deep cut. Never dismiss your mental health as unimportant because it is just as important as your physical well-being. Moving towards wellness is a process, but it's okay because we are all a work in progress. With that, we have come to the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in and do follow us at our channel on Spotify and Telegram for more updates. See you in our next one. Goodbye.